Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Brett Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Anne. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. Let's talk about failure. Dum, da, dum, dum. <laughs> we have heard many times, so many times it's practically written in stone that nine out of 10 startups fail, 90%. So guess what? It's not true. Really? Really. And I have the quoted data to prove it. According to the global investment firm Cambridge Associates, as reported by Fortune's Aaron Griffith, writing in A Boom with a View, love the title, in in June of 2017, 90% of startups do not fail. Cambridge tracked performance of 27,259 startups between 1990 and 2010, and they found out that the total number of startups that returned 1x or less to investors stayed at or under 60% since 2001. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and there's more. According to the dot-com bust of 2000, that rate rose to 79% during that dot-com bust. Still, much less than 90%. So let's encourage all our entrepreneur listeners to take heart. 
I would agree. Okay, so that's somewhat good news, but it still means that more than half of all the newborn companies don't make it to adulthood or at least what we would call fully realized corporate existence. That is true. Sad, but true. So the question is begged, why do companies fail? Well, here are some interesting stats. Uh, According to a site called fitsmallbusiness.com, 50% survive five years or more, but only one-third survive 10-plus years. And the biggest Mm -hmm. challenge that they see on fitsmallbusiness.com is economic uncertainty. But other reports put the causes for failure on other shoulders. Uh, Small Biz Trends, for example, um, it tells us that the causes for failure include the top is 46% of all failures come from incompetence. 30% from lack of managerial experience. So that would say that's kind of the same, isn't it, really? Incompetence and a lack of experience. It means you're not competent Uh, to do the job. (laughs) Or or maybe you're incompetent in the particular area that you selected. Um, You know, say you're doing something in med tech and you really don't know anything about med tech, but you thought you'd get on the... uh, um, the the bandwagon. Um, I think um, actually, I think that's less likely that the entrepreneur would do that. Investors do that, but entrepreneurs what? not so much. They do tend to go into fields they know something about, but where they lack the competence is that managerial experience. Remember, we talk about those wizards and executors. What they lack is the ability to execute. They're pretty good at what they're solving usually. Right. That, so that I, is I'm true. looking at this incompetence thing and thinking it's really around that managerial experience that the incompetence sits. So that's interesting. That would bring it to a total collective of 76%. Huge. Ah, yes, which is huge. And we sing that tune a lot. And isn't yeah. that why we do these, these podcasts? Exactly. And lots more stuff. <laughs> okay. So, so let's on. what else do they say? Uh, neglecting uh, f- uh, fraud, neglect, fraud, and disaster. That's sort of a, a trio of very unsavory things that uh, can happen to a startup, but it's not a and large percentage. Exactly. And if you break that out, it's kind of somewhere in those single digits that would be neglect. It means they really, you know, the founders just stop working on it. Okay. Fraud, uh, again, highly unlikely, but it does happen. And then this disaster uh, could be, you know, a monster comes into the field and takes over or economic and, uh, you know, again, outside things can happen or a disaster means you know one of the founders or more had some kind of disastrous personal thing and again they stop that moves to neglect etc so it's really small well and, and yeah. it can be a disaster as big as uh, 9-11 I had a friend exactly. who had a company launched a Canadian company launched with American contracts September 1st of, yeah. <laughs> of 2001 and guess what all the contracts, million dollars worth of contracts went down the tubes after 9-11. No question about and it. Those so things did happen. our company. Right. Well, you know, 2008, uh, we launched um, Mosscape, well, that time known as Linkscape. We launched it on the day that the markets crashed. Oh. So, yeah, so much for us getting any press, right? So, you know, it just kind of, you know, spiraled down on the same time. So those things do happen, but they're not always deal busters, but man, do they hurt. 
Okay, so, so what's the last little bit? What are they? The last little bit is what I was kind of talking about before. And yes, I admit it is small, which is lack of topic experience. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you're right. Since most entrepreneurs are trying to identify a problem they uh, are having or mm-hmm. uh, are trying to solve a problem that they have identified, these people usually have some sense of they know what they're talking about. Right. So it's a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. Yet... Some founders will claim 82% of those that fail do so because of cash flow or lack of it. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Some founders, I'd say 82% of founders will say it was the lack of cash flow. Well, actually, interesting. actually interesting. It, there's kind of a wide gap between what the founders say and mm-hmm. what the data is telling us. Sure uh, enough. The NSBA survey reports that only 27% of founders say they failed due to lack of funding. Interesting. Whereas uh, the general statistics across business, across all businesses, uh, is the 82% failed because mm-hmm. of cash flow. So, and you know, that that kind of rings true, don't you think? I mean, yeah. how many investors do we know that are not um, really feeling pinched for cash? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. How many, and, how many inventors do we know? How many founders do we know? Well, the other thing is we hear that a lot from, um, you know, the companies that we talk to. If we're looking at a company that's thriving, they are eager to get the capital, but they're moving towards it. They're doing all the right things to get where they need to get to get the capital and so on. When they are failing, they are always saying the reason we're failing is lack of cash. The reason we're failing is lack of right and so on. You know what? The lack of cash is a problem. But the lack of cash is also a symptom of not being able to raise it, if you will, right? Look carefully at why you can't raise your cash. And yeah. usually it's not, you know, because you have, you know, I don't know, pink buttons on your shirt. It's because <laughs> your company is not a fundable company. You know? So, you know, so I like to be an important thing. <laughs> at, at, at along those lines, I'd like to turn to um, our guest we had, Looney Libes, who said his founder of Fledge, which is yeah. an idea stage impact incubator accelerator that has an interesting video dealing three ways startups fail. He says failure at the super early stages due to one, a stalled flow that is not fixable. Now think right. about that for a minute. Yeah. Two, run out of money. Three, yep. the founder partners have a falling out. Um, and mm-hmm. so, Jillian, what does all this data around reasons for failure mean for us? Well, how many weeks do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the thing. As an entrepreneur, I think, first of all, the numbers are interesting, right? They're as interesting as they are varied, and they're interesting because they are varied. The variation in itself is telling, you know, 90% fail, 60% fail, but in 2000 to 2001, 78% fail. Look, time is a factor. Global and local economics are a factor. Politics, competition, and plenty more can weigh in on it. But as an entrepreneur, the only important thing for me to know is what are my chances for success or for failure? And those are the things that I need to track. So we've talked about this in in past uh, uh, sessions here, Anne, but really what we're looking at is just a few metrics that I would look at every single day that tell me whether my company is growing or failing to thrive. And if I look at them as a CEO every single day, then I will act on them 
the next day and the next and the next, right? It's those things that would actually move the needle. You know, the 20-80 rule, it's actually like a 95-5% rule. And if you lean in on that 5%, it will tell you whether your company is failing or growing. So uh, back at Moz, we looked at things like uh, the engagement of our uh, community, and we would witness that by how many comments there were on our blog posts, how many uh, people were engaging by sending stuff to you, Moz. We would look at, of course, those later statistics, not those interim statistics, but the later ones that said, how many people are signing up? What are the churn numbers? Right? But I can't act today on signing up and churn numbers. But I can act to change signing up and churn numbers by looking at things like how are people engaging with the content? How are they doing on that uh, selling page? And so on and so forth, right? As we move through those interim uh, metrics, if you will, on a daily basis, we change long term the final ones, the, the sale or whatever it is you're trying to get to. So looking at just a few metrics every day means you lean in on that stuff, you know, changing a little line here, a word there, or something else, the topic you're going to talk about uh, tomorrow, uh, how you ask people for their comments, uh, you know, whatever the heck it is that's going to tell you whether your business is thriving or not. It isn't just about how many people sign up. So I think those are important things. And of course, if you're a Main Street business, if you have a product business, of course, the final piece is how many people bought it today. But the real question is, well, what happens if I change it to, you know, purple or blue? Will more people buy it? You must test those things. And that's the kind of stuff where I'd say, is my company growing or is it failing to thrive? Now, once I've looked at those things, I would be looking at a broader sense less frequently around those things where we're seeing some of the statistics around failure. How's my cash flow? What am I going to do to smooth out that cash flow? Let's How say, am I going so to raise capital when? Let's yep. talk about that after the break because there's a, there are a lot of good topics in there and a lot of good advice. We're talking about failure on CEO Coach in this podcast and we will be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. 
We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We are talking today about failure. What everybody wants to avoid, except possibly Zero Mostel and the producers. Remember that one? I do uh, indeed. Yeah. Okay. Seriously, uh, you what the point you were making before we went to the break, Jillian, was that there are ways to be continually vigilant about your company's successes for uh, failure or success. And you talked about a couple. One was the uh, customer engagement, and there were others that you mentioned just before the break. So you want to line up those for us now? Yes. Um, the first could really be all clustered, regardless of whether it's software, service, uh, you know, product, whatever it is. It could all be clustered under this idea that they would be your business-specific metrics. You know, how are you doing today and what can you lean in on, on every single day to make it a little bit better each time, to increase your sales and decrease your churn and whatever. The second one would be, if you will, the broader statistics around Um, the industry itself. What are your competitors up to? Are they launching things that you need to be worried about? Have you really kept up with that landscape? Do you know what they're doing and where you sit and how your unique selling proposition stacks up against it, right? Those are the kinds of things that funders are going to ask you. You don't want to run out of cash? You better know some good answers when, you know, you're asked the hard questions. So those are the kinds of things I find the companies that don't make it don't do. Right? So we would look really at what went right. right. The companies that do succeed have those hard answers. They do that work. And then finally, I would be looking at the broader economics of kind of the globe itself. Where are things moving to? So um, if you are following kind of that what we call the buggy whip thing, you know, you don't want to be an investor in the last great buggy whip company, you know, and so on as, as the world moves to automobiles. Uh, the question is, where is your company sitting on that trajectory? Again, you want capital, you want investment in your company, you'd better be following a global trend that's moving to the future, not taking an ever larger share of what used to be. Right? So those are the kinds of things we'd be looking at inside your company, around your company and your industry, and then the big global trends. Once you've looked at all of those things, you can weigh in on each piece. Again, I see that many companies that say they've run out of capital have kind of complained of running out of capital, but have not done the hard work to get the capital. And that, I think, is what cuts the wheat from the chaff. So you're saying that raising capital is a continuous operation, or should be, for the CEO, who is also CEO's primary function is to increase value for the the shareholders, for the company. So those two would go together, wouldn't they? Absolutely. And yes, you're absolutely right. And it bears repeating the CEO's prime directive is to build value for the uh, company itself, right? For its investors, its employees, and for its consumers. So building value for the company. And if you look at that, then you have to say, um, again, what are my requirements? Everybody's got capital requirements, but don't be one of those 82 or whatever percent that say they failed due to lack of capital understand why you didn't get the capital. Um, And if you can understand why you're not getting capital today, you can figure out how you do get capital tomorrow, right? Sometimes that might mean joining forces with a competitor, 
that would be an interesting idea. I see far too little of those kinds of wrap-ups at the early stage. One just drops out and the other keeps going. But you know what? The other that kept going would probably have been grateful for your support. Right? Think about those things early on and contact and converse with those things of folks who are in your competitive landscape. The second piece would be around understanding how you can move your company forward without the capital to get to the point of capital. So a lot of times we look at um, product versus service, um, and you and I talk about that in terms of SaaS companies or service companies that become product and SaaS companies. Um, We look at things and say, uh, if you can sell your service to fund the development of your product, then you can survive as well. Sometimes you have to be your own funder. Um, I know that cash is just this huge thing, uh, you know, and, and that's why so many people say it is why I failed. But truly, I would look a little deeper. That would be my bottom line. Well, if the uh, principal cause of failure, according to at least the uh, entrepreneurs themselves, but also showing up in some of the statistics, is running out of money, um, it seems to me we've we've identified a or we focused on a particular stage, uh, let's focus on it now, uh, which we've heard described as the valley of death. Uh, namely, when your angel raises stall halfway into what you really need to get to the next round of funding. So what causes this? Why do startups run out of steam? Or let me put it another way. Why is it so difficult to raise the second half of your angel round? Yeah, I think with that, we should be talking about the failure in other issues, not just a failure of an entire company, but maybe the failure of a product or service line. Okay. So you're going down the path and you've got product A and you're knocking it through and it's going to cost, I don't know, you know, X amount of dollars to deliver it and so on. And you're raising capital on that. My question to the CEO at that point, you get to about halfway there and you can't get the rest of it. Why is everybody no longer interested in investing? And maybe that has to do with uh, the product that you're pushing or service that you're pushing, in which case you would look at these uh, pieces of failure and say, at what point? point you have to ditch a product or service at what point do you just shut it down and say all right we're going to go with another tack in other words we're talking about pivoting sometimes though you have a suite of those products and you just have to let those less effective ones you know cost cost effective ones go um, you have to do some hard pruning i think in order to get very tightly focused on what's successful and then raise the balance of that capital it's very tough when things get what looney Liebes called um you know that stalling of the you know early stage it says a stalled flow and that flow means again the products you're launching or the services you're launching and how they adopt uh, get adopted by your consumers and so on that stalled flow right it may not be fixable for one product but it doesn't mean it has to spell the end of your company so think about how to prune that stuff much earlier so you don't run out of capital so it seems that where where you're going with this is that the angel investors uh, are concerned about um, the startup's prospects, especially for follow-on funding. You know that exactly. it's not gonna, the company's not going to go anywhere. Um, That's right. I mean, suppose you take an uh, you know an angel investment round and you get yourself a couple of hundred thousand, and the angels expect something to have happened for that couple of hundred thousand, but they're not seeing it. 
Right, several reasons why that happens. One, it dribbles in at tens and fifteens and twenty-five. It's enough to keep the lights on, but not enough to prove a market. So that's pretty tough stuff, right? The second deal, though, would be around, uh, you know, having a product out there, and they expect it to move forward. And when they don't see it, the rest of the angels are going, eh, not so much. So it's not even just the first angels not wanting to put in, but the second ones are saying, eh, not really. So it's really about the product itself, not necessarily around the entire idea of whatever you've come up with. So what if we went to the follow-on investors and said, what do you want this company to do? To book benchmarks do you need to see before you would fund in it? What if we it's, did that? It's possible. Um, but the role of an investor is not to design your company for you. The role of an investor is to fund teams that can do that work. Okay. So that is on the shoulders of the senior leadership team. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out to advisors and investors and all of that. Ask thousands of questions. You may get some very good advice, but in general, you should be presenting, uh, how should I say, solutions, changes, um, you know, pivots, whatever it is, you should be presenting it in a position of power, knowing that that's the path forward. And as we know, uh, that old saying, if you want money, ask for advice. And if you want advice, ask for money. Absolutely. So, yes, going out and asking, you know, a thousand questions, sure. Um, but at the same time, I would be doing the same with your colleagues and, of course, having those hard meetings inside your company. Um, again, we looked at failure from the corporate standpoint. You know, all of these startups come and less than half will make it through those, you know, first five years and so on. Um when we look at those kinds of things, I think we should be looking also at the companies that thrived, that 40% that made it through, what made them make it through, and um, what did they do differently? Okay, so after look the, at the success deals. Let's, let's see what we can uh, synthesize from our learnings about that after the break. Sounds this, good. This is CEO Coach, and we will be right back with more on dealing with failure, recognizing it when it's happening, and how to avoid it. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business -business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We've been talking today about failure because it happens, though not as much as anybody would have you think. So, Julian, what can we sum up for our listeners about failure and how to deal with it? Yeah, I would say uh, look at the causes of success for those companies that got through. Make sure that you're matching step by step what they did. Um, And that is that hard work we just talked about. It's looking at the competitive landscape, understanding your unique selling proposition, um, reaching out to your consumers early and regularly. Uh, I think a thousand people from John Seacrest to Looney Levis to, you know, to everybody in the planet that's in investing would say, yeah, but will anybody buy it? find out, will anybody buy it, right? And keep in touch with those consumers as you develop your product and as you get out there and launch it. If you can prove traction by saying somebody wants to pay for this, you will get capital. If you cannot, the chances of getting capital reduce significantly. So that's my number one. That is, uh, I think that's worth repeating. If you cannot prove that somebody out there wants what you're making, whether it's the best and loveliest new blue widget in the universe, if if nobody wants it or not enough people want it, you will not get funded. Right. Okay, so that's number one. So number two was taking a look at what competitors are doing that do succeed. These are the people who preceded you. And that includes things like keeping in touch with your consumers, making sure you can sell your product to your consumers on a consistent basis, and looking at your internal metrics to find out whether you are thriving or failing. Keep a really tight focus on that, some of them daily, some of them monthly, and of course, there are annual ones that you bring to your board. That's uh, really great advice. You follow the successful ones. What is your third tip, Jillian? My third tip is be brash. An awful lot of companies that fail, fail within, how should I say, an inch of success. I think that um, a lot of folks would uh, say the same thing. They're saying that if you get to that you know, precipice where you're just sure the whole thing is going to fail, push just one month more and one month more. The ones that break through have tales of that again and again and again. This is not a simple journey. It is not a get-rich-quick scheme. But those that kind of pass through that gauntlet and finally figure out how to make it work with shoelace and bubblegum, those are the ones who get through. So I would heed those stories of success, including their hardships, and say if the hardship can't kill you, it'll make you stronger. (laughs) Well, isn't that what we call grit? Yes. (laughs) Demonstrate grit. So I have a fourth tip of, um, and I don't think it fits on one of the other three, and that is if you do not have the business execution and management expertise, hire it. 
Yes, absolutely. If you don't have an executor, get somebody to execute. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to say that's it for this week at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. We'd love it if you'd stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there, and you can tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.